Welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Today's message is by Pastor Ben White. Pastor Ben has been on staff at Fellowship Baptist Church since 2009 and has served in a variety of ministries over the years. We hope that today's lesson will be a blessing and encouragement to you as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ in your everyday life. So let's take our Bibles and prepare our hearts for the teaching of God's Word. Good evening and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church live stream. So glad to have all of you with us here tonight and uh, looking forward to the Bible study that we're going to be um, getting into here this evening. Um, if this is your first time joining us, uh, my name is Ben White. I serve on staff here at Fellowship Baptist Church in Clark Lake, Michigan, and uh, I love it. And uh, right now we're doing, obviously, all of our services online. Right now we're live streaming this from my office, and, uh, but we look very much look forward to the day uh, when we can all get back together at Fellowship Baptist Church. I just wanted to, before I jump into it very quickly, just let you know about the Easter service we have coming up this Easter. Uh, that would be this Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, to 12 p.m. It's going to be great. we got special music. We have um, pastors got some special uh, Bible teachings for us, um, all centered around Easter and uh, all centered around Jesus Christ and, and what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So I'm really looking forward to that this Sunday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., and I hope you'll join us uh, for the live stream. Obviously, it's all going to be online. We're not going to be doing it at the church, so uh, please join us. That We'll be streaming it on Facebook and through the church website, and really looking forward to it. All right, take your Bibles tonight and open up to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 1 through verse 12. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through verse 12. I know getting through 12 verses is actually a lot for me, so hopefully I still keep this. I better check the time real quick, okay? Uh, make sure that I don't go too long, uh, but I have a tendency to, to take too much time in uh, some of my verses, or I tend to take too much time in some of my lessons and not go through a lot, so going through 12 verses is a lot for me. Let's hope we can make through it. Let's go ahead and read it here. The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he, to whom he also, excuse me, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanding them that they should not depart uh, from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall 
the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also saith, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which from Jerusalem is a Sabbath day's journey. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your wonderful blessings. I pray that you will just show us some truths from your word here uh, this evening and just uh, show us uh, how to apply these biblical truths to our lives. And I pray all these things in your holy, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let me get over to my notes here. And uh, so here we go. We've read verses 1 through 12. Before we get started, let me ask you this. Why is it so important to have a solid foundation? Why are solid foundations so important? We're going to be going somewhere with this, but I want you to think about a solid foundation. I want Think about it when it comes to building. Why is it so important for buildings to have solid foundations? Um, if something is going to last, especially when you think of like a building, if a building is going to last, it has to have a solid foundation. Um, there's just, uh, uh, I remember when my wife and I went to, to Mexico and we were visiting uh, the Grangers there in Zacatecas, Mexico, and uh, we were, were seeing the, the work that they're doing down there, and, and we really enjoyed it. We loved the food. Uh, we loved the culture. It was so beautiful. I just enjoyed a lot of the, the pictures I was able to get while I was there. Um, I do photography is something I really enjoy, so obviously I really enjoyed getting those, those pictures. But one of the things that they did when we were in Zacatecas is they took us to some ancient ruins. Um, and, and I'm not sure exactly what was all entailed with that. There was like, like some small pyramids there and, and uh, there was this, this giant, like it looked like a, a rocks that had been, or stone that had been laid out and almost looked like a little, like a mini soccer field. And I guess there was some type of game that they would play in that section and then and then uh, up a little higher as we traveled up the mountain uh, we saw a lot of the uh, it looked like where the people had lived and and you could still see all of the foundations that had been put in where these houses were and I remember we went into one and they had a little plaque there and they said like this was probably a wealthy man's house and they had some reasons why but you could see like how some benches had been made and, and some some different tables and stuff and then there was this one that had all of these pillars coming up out of the ground and you could literally see where a building had been erected there and and if, if my if I remember correctly I think they said that might have been like the marketplace type of Thing and, and like so I could just imagine all the things that were going on there but here's what I'm trying to get at we went to see those they were literally hundreds and hundreds of years old hundreds and hundreds of years had gone by yet those some of those buildings some of those things that were set into place were still standing 
because of their solid foundation. It was amazing. Um, I don't know how many of you have, like castles and like, uh, I, I just think castles are so cool. And I'm always just blown away. Like over in Europe, you, you might see more of those castles and castles that have been standing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And because they had been built so well and had such a solid foundation, if not, sometimes the foundation of those castles was built right into the stone that was already there. Obviously, you don't get much more of a solid foundation than that. Um, they, they're able to stand for hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, there's just something impressive about something that lasts hundreds of years, isn't there? There's just something impressive, specifically when you think about buildings, when a building lasts hundreds of years. I mean, it's so impressive that people will literally spend thousands of dollars to travel around the world just to look at it. Like they'll spend thousands of dollars just to get there to this castle or to this place just to take a picture of it. That's how impressive. And, and it just goes to show you that there's just something impressive and something that demands our respect when, when, when something lasts, when something has a solid foundation, when something lasts a long time, there's just something about that that we respect. And, and I think that's probably a lot because of the fact that a lot of things don't last. Um, a lot of things just don't sustain for long periods of time. Um, you know, I think about people even, right? Um, when you find somebody that's like in their 80s, 70s or 80s, and they're still being faithful, there's just something about that that demands respect. When you have somebody that's in their 50s and 60s and, and in this day and age that's still married, there's just something about that that demands our respect because so many marriages don't last. Um, you know, somebody that's in their 70s or 80s that's still faithful, there's just something that demands that respect because so many people in their 70s and 80s didn't last. They didn't stay strong and... They had a lot of problems throughout their life and they just weren't able to stick it out. And when you see somebody that was able to do that at a late age, there's just something about that that makes us go, you know, kudos, like you deserve some respect. I think we're just used to things not lasting. So when something does, we really resonate and we place a high value on it. Um, let me ask you this. Do you want to last? Do you want your life to last? What type of foundation are you building upon? And that's kind of where we're going to get to here in these verses. What are you building upon? What type of foundation? I think we all want to come to the end of our lives and still be faithful to God. I think that's truly, I think all of us have that desire, that prayer that God help me stay faithful to the end of my life. I think we all want lives that last. You know, I think we all, when we get old, would pray that our children, as the Bible says, their children rise up and call them blessed. I think we all have that desire that, you know, we've been faithful and then even in our old age, like our children can call us blessed and, and that, that we can just stay faithful in that way. How do we live lives that last? What do we need to do to have a life that lasts? What type of characteristics are in a life that endures? 
What type of foundation is required to build upon a life that lasts? That's what we're going to talk about here this evening. All right, Acts chapter 12, we're going to move our way through this passage, and then we're going to draw application. So verse 1, it says, um, Acts chapter 1, verse 1, The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and to speak. Okay, so what's happening in this verse here? Uh, this is the second book that Luke has written, and we see the recipient of this book is a man by the name of Theophilus. Okay, um, so, so Luke writes, he writes the book of Luke, and he writes the book of Acts. Both books have been committed to this man named Theophilus. Theophilus was a man who obviously, we don't know a lot about this man, but we can extrapolate some, some things about him, but obviously this man loved God, okay? Uh, you don't commit two books of the Bible to somebody uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to somebody who doesn't love God. So clearly this man loved and had a passion for God. Uh, the second thing that we understand is probably, most likely, obviously, this man was a Christian. He was probably a Roman. And, uh, uh, and this was the guy that Luke was committing these books to. In, in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, he commits the book of Luke. And in Acts, um, verse 1, the one we just read, he commits the, this book to him. The, uh, uh, the former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and to speak. So the last book and this book writing these to Theophilus. Uh, beyond this, nothing is really known about Theophilus. Uh, but from the fact that Luke uh, um, calls him and he gives them the title Most Excellent Theophilus, this is the same title that Paul used when addressing Felix uh, in Acts chapter 23, verse 26, and, and also Festus in 26, 25. Okay? So it's likely that Theophilus was probably a person of rank and perhaps even a Roman officer that had come to know Jesus Christ and believed in the gospel and was a follower of Jesus, okay? So, so that's verse one. All right, let's move into verse two. The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So after Jesus rose from the dead, and I, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of the story. Easter is coming up Sunday. I'm sorry. It's just the way I was already scheduled. I, I, I get it. Okay. But we're going to jump ahead. Sunday, we're celebrating uh, uh, Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. This is happening after that. Okay. So really, this lesson should be taught next Wednesday. But anyways, we're here tonight. Uh, but it says, Jesus rose from the dead, and before he was taken up into heaven, he continued to teach his followers, and it says, through the power of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus taught his disciples, he spent that time, taught his disciples, taught his followers, those that followed him, spent that time mentoring them, teaching them, died, rose again, and now he's teaching and mentoring them again until the time he's taken up into heaven. All right? Now, verse 3. To whom also... He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus had died and rose again. And it says he proved he was alive by 
Number one, being alive. Okay, that was a great proof that you're alive is by the fact that you are alive and people are there and seeing you. But it also says that he proved he was alive and it proved that he was who he said he was by doing many infallible proofs. Literally, they could not be denied. Um, I'm guessing it's very possible that he was doing miracles. It doesn't say he was. It says many infallible proofs, and we don't know exactly what that means. But maybe he was doing more miracles and, and, and just proving, hey, this I am Jesus Christ who died and rose again. I'm not a, a manifestation of your imagination. I am here. I am physical. And, and through many infallible proofs. So there was no doubt Jesus was who he said he was and that he had died and that he had risen again. Um, uh, let me see here. So anyways, yes, his believers were here. Yes, this is Jesus. He's back from the dead, okay? Um, that was verse three. All right, verse four. And being assembled together with them, commanding them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days thence. Okay, so what's going on in these two verses? Here's what's happening. So Jesus tells his followers, don't leave, stay here. Because after I go, I'm going to send you someone very special. Don't leave, stay here, because I'm about to leave. And when I do, you're getting something incredible. So what is this that he is sending them? He says, I am sending you the Holy Ghost. This was a big deal. I want you to understand the significance of Jesus sending the Holy Ghost at this time. Up into this time of human history, I'm talking from creation up until Acts, the, the, the book of Acts, first chapter in Acts, up to this time, God has never dwelt with man. Okay, now there was passages as you look throughout the scriptures where, where God would come upon people for a short time. He would do that with David. He did that with the prophets and he would come upon them for a short time, but then he would leave again. So now what he's saying is, I am literally going to come dwell with you. I am going to dwell on the inside of you. This is huge. This is a very significant. I mean, this was a game changer, guys. This was a complete game changer in human history. This was a pinnacle time. Um, so I want you to think about this. And, and I know we just don't appreciate this a lot, but we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. This is something up until this time they had never had. If you know Jesus Christ and you accepted Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior and what Christ did on the cross, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And, and the, the, the truth of that is really unpacked a lot more throughout the rest of the New Testament, specifically through the apostles. But up until this time, this was a new thing for them and this was huge. This was a, this was a massive change in the way that God interacted with man. All right, verse 6. What's it say? It says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put into his own power. So here we have Jesus, and um, we have his disciples, and they're here with Jesus, and they're like, Lord, 
now is this the time is this the time and it let, let's read it again and he says uh, da, 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 da. Uh, when they therefore had come together they asked him saying lord wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of israel are you going to restore are you going to reign are you going to bring the kingdom of god down and this is what jesus says and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put into his power. So this is what Jesus says. His disciples, they met with Jesus right before his ascension. They asked him, is he restoring the kingdom? And Jesus assures them, his kingdom is coming, but only God knows when that is. Here we have Jesus promising the future kingdom, but only God knows what time that is. Now, this is significant, okay? So we're going to see three pieces here throughout these verses. We're going to see three pieces, and then we're going to put them all together. So his disciples are saying, when's the kingdom of God coming? He says, hold your horses. <laughs> it's coming. You're not going to know when. Only God knows that. And now verse 8, here's what he says. But, so he says, only God knows when that is, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the other most parts of the earth. So here, this is a, this is a really pinnacle verse right here, guys, and this is kind of one I really want to gear in on. So they say, are you come bringing the kingdom? He says, God, only God knows when the kingdom is coming, but this is the significant part. He assigns the believers, his followers, the great task of the Great Commission. He says, this is what Jesus says, but you shall receive power. So this is what he's saying. Jesus is saying, I sh I'm going to give you power. I am going to equip you. I am literally going to live on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost, of course, we know the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. These three are one. This is a great mystery. But literally... Jesus, the Holy Ghost, God himself is going to come live and dwell on the inside of us. Now, it's for a reason. There is a reason for this. And this is what it says. Jesus says, I'm going to equip you with the power of the Holy Ghost. And then he says, the reason I am doing this, the reason I'm giving you the power of the Holy Ghost is so that you can accomplish the task of witnessing and sharing the gospel to the ends of the earth. But but the kingdom's coming later. Only God knows that. However, I, I still got some good news. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. The followers of Jesus. So, so Jesus is getting ready to leave and this is what he says. I have a primary mission for you. And that is to tell everybody you can about the gospel of Jesus Christ, both here locally where you're at. And, and he was saying the towns for us, it would be like uh, if Jesus was leaving, he's like, he would be like, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you and you're going to be witnesses of me, both in Jackson and Lansing and Ann Arbor and in Detroit and into the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what Jesus would say to us right here in this where we're at. And that, that's what he's telling them. You are going to share the gospel with everybody, both locally 
as well as internationally. Everything in your life now needs to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Okay, so now he's done it. Jesus has given them the great commission. This is it. That's everything you're about. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld him, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus promises the kingdom is coming. He gives them the great commission of going and sharing the gospel with everybody. And then he is taken away. Jesus then ascends before their very eyes. So Jesus is literally sitting there teaching, standing, teaching, and he's just sharing with them. And obviously there's going to be a lot more that he's teaching them than just what is the few verses that are written here. And as he's teaching, he literally just starts to rise and and just goes and goes out of sight. I just imagine what that would be like. You know, I remember when we were kids and we had this balloon and we were outside and it was just a beautiful sunny day and we let go of the balloon and and we were, we were sitting there just looking up, just watching, watching the balloon go, you know what I'm talking about, just go higher and higher. And it's just like, and uh, just seeing how long we could see it. And then it was just, it came to that point, you know, and it was a cloudy day. I could imagine a lot like this was where, you know, you're, you, you think you still see it and then you're like, oh yeah, I do see it. But then you're like, oh no, I don't. And then it just comes to that point where you're just like, it's just like, it just vanishes. You just don't see it anymore whether it went behind a cloud or whatever, it just, it's just gone. And I just imagine that's what they're doing here is they're just watching Jesus ascend. And it's like, and so they're just sitting here and they're looking up into heaven, just looking towards to, 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 to Jesus as he just rose. And this is what happens in verse, um, verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by him, them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven uh, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So they're standing there, they're looking up into heaven, and all of a sudden there appears these two men, and it says they're in white apparel. Obviously, we believe these are angels. And they say, hey, why are you standing there gazing up into heaven? Jesus is coming again. And, and this is what, you know, even as, even as I was, I, I didn't have any of this, but, but the Lord really showed this to me. Number one, we see the angels, the angels give them the prophecy of Jesus' return in the future. Jesus is coming back again. But this is also what I was thinking as the disciples were just sitting there looking up, just like, where is Jesus? Where, where did he go? Is he, is he still up there? I can just imagine that, you know, the angels, as they say, why are you looking up into heaven? Jesus gave you a mission. He gave you something to do. And what was that? Go evangelize. Stop looking up into heaven and get to work. And I know I'm just kind of extrapolating that and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of thinking through that. That's not what it says here. But, but that's where I'm just seeing that application. Stop looking up. Stop looking for Jesus to come again. Get busy sharing the gospel, doing what Jesus commanded you to do. So we see three huge things here. Number one, we see verses six through seven, Jesus promised he is the, the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. Only God knows that. And now this is what's interesting. We, you and I, if you know Jesus Christ, we find ourselves here in verse eight. 
This is where we're at. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You and me, that's where we're at. And verse 11, that's the future. And while, they, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which was taken from you into heaven shall come again in like manner as ye have seen him go. Only God knows when the kingdom is coming. Jesus Christ, as he gave his disciples, as he gave his followers, the great commission of sharing the gospel throughout all the world, that's what he has given to us. And in verse 11, that's, that's what we're looking forward to. Jesus is coming again. But we need to get busy doing what God has called us to do. All right, bringing this, we're wrapping this all up. So what is the foundation that we need to have in our lives? What is the foundation we need to build our lives on? And I will say this, it's all about the gospel. That is literally, think about this, as his followers, as his disciples were there, Jesus was saying, my disciples, my dear precious people, it's all about the gospel. You will now be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Everything that we do, you and I, and imagine that this is what he's saying to them, everything that you guys do, Everything you're going to be a part of, everything is going to be about the mission of sharing the gospel and teaching others the teachings that I have taught you. That's what Jesus was saying. And it's the exact same thing for us today. You know, in the next few verses, um, and, and I'll be sharing with you again, I think I have another session here in a couple weeks, two or three weeks. Um, we'll be talking about and really unpacking men and women that were about to go spearhead the Christian movement, the, the, the movement of Christianity, taking this gospel, they were incredible leaders. And we're going to be looking at some of their really unique, powerful leadership qualities and uh, seeing how we can learn some leadership qualities from them. But before we get to it, seeing some of those practical applications, the question is, what was the foundation of everything that they did? It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I think the biggest question we can ask ourselves is number one, am I a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you know today, do you know that you're sitting here watching? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you know if you were to die today that heaven would be your home? Do you really know this Jesus Christ we're talking about? Do you really know this Jesus Christ that we're going to be celebrating his death, burial, and resurrection this Sunday? Have you come to the point in your life where you, you, you have realized the bad news? There's bad news, guys. And the bad news is that you're a sinner. And I'm a sinner. And we've sinned against a holy, righteous God. We have broken his commandments. We've broken his laws. And because of our sin, you and I, we are the object of God's judgment. 
his wrath and his vindicating justice. He is a holy, righteous God. But you know what's awesome is that God is on a rescue mission. (laughs) It's the best part. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is about God's rescue mission for mankind, for humanity. God is on a rescue mission and he came to earth through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who lived the life we could not live. He lived a perfect, holy, righteous, sinless life and died the death that we could not die. He died the death for us. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all of God's wrath and all of God's judgment. And Jesus, as he was dying on the cross, took God's judgment and wrath upon the sin and wickedness of mankind. And Jesus, being the perfect, holy, righteous God, took that wrath and that penalty upon himself. And he bore into his body the penalty for our sin. So the gospel is good news. And you know what's cool is that the bad news that we're sinners actually points to the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And the Bible says that if we repent of our sin, repent is a Bible word, which means to turn away from, to reject, to turn our back on. We repent. This is my sinful, wicked life, and I'm turning my back to what I was, and I'm turning towards Jesus Christ. It says that if we repent of our sins and believe the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to earth, was born of a virgin, lived a holy, perfect life, died on the cross, to take the penalty for our sins, was buried and three days later rose again, proving that he was who he said he was and that he could do what he claimed to do, which was forgive our sins and to heal our lives. If we believe that, then God will forgive our sins, past, present, and future. And he will live on the inside of us and begin a transforming work in our lives. And as we grow in sanctification, we talked about that this morning in pastor's lesson uh, about sanctification. And as we grow in sanctification, become more like Jesus Christ, we are to tell other people about what Jesus has done for us and how he can do the same thing for them. So number one, let me ask you, are you a Christian? Do you know Christ? Have you accepted what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of salvation? And then the second question would be, does everything you do revolve around the gospel? Do you live with the understanding that everything you do, everything you should do, should be all about the furtherance of the gospel? The jobs we work, the job you may take someday, where you're going to move to, the way you treat people, the way you lead, the way you spend your money, the investments that you make, the way you spend your time, everything should have the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ undergirding it. Do you see how the gospel is ultimately tied to everything that we do? Let me ask you this. Are you a witness for Jesus? 
Are you telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you inviting people to church, inviting people to the live stream, being willing to share these Bible lessons on your Facebook page, being willing to let people know that I'm a dedicated Christian, I love God, I am a follower of Him, I am unashamed, and I know that He's the best thing that's ever happened for me, and if you accept Him as your Savior, He's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Are you ashamed? Are you embarrassed? You don't really want people to know about it. Are you a witness for Jesus? Lastly, verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We don't have to do this alone. God never asked us, Jesus never asked us to share the gospel, to witness, to be a light for him on our own. We have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. So you don't have to worry about it. You just got to do what God has called you to do. And that is be a witness. You know, sometimes as I think about those verses where those disciples are sitting there looking up into heaven, you know, sometimes I think that's the way some Christians are. They're just always like, look, when's, when's Jesus coming? When's God coming? He's got to be coming soon. They're always looking for the signs of the times and they're always trying to find that. And they're always like, they're so in, you know, and I'm not, I love prophecy and prophecies all throughout the scripture and I love it, but they're like obsessed with it and always trying to find all these things and trying to, trying to, to look and figure all this stuff out when you know what they should be doing. They should be doing what verse 8 says, and that's being witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What did the angels say? Why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? Jesus is coming again. Go back to verse 8 and do what Jesus has asked you to do. This, my friends, this is the foundation that will never fail. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that we do should be to the gospel. Be good, godly leaders for the gospel. Sacrifice financially for the gospel. Build a successful business. Be a wise investor. Build and be a a good worker for the gospel. Be a faithful employee for the gospel. Lead your family well for the gospel. Make wise financial decisions for the gospel, treat others with love and respect for the gospel, endure persecution for the gospel, get a good education for the gospel. Everything is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Imagine if all of us as Christians put that type of priority, and listen, at this time of the year, we cannot not think about the gospel. It's Easter the Resurrection Sunday. But how many of us are actually telling other people about the gospel of Jesus Christ?
My friends, it's all about the gospel. What is the foundation of your life built upon? Is it built upon yourself and your own ambitions, your own desires, what you want to do? Or is it built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ? Think about how everything you do ties to the gospel. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.